I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Next Move Group, We Are Jobs podcast. I'm your host, CEO Chuck Sexton, and today I've got a special guest, Christy Bain with AIDT. She is the Assistant Director, Northern Alabama. Yes, sir. How are you? Well, I'm good. It's late for both of us. We Christy has been on the road. She just told me she's been on the road for 12 hours today. You've seen all of Alabama today? Is that what you said? <laughs> I have seen all of Alabama today. <laughs> You started to say something, I think, about a chicken coop. What were you going to say about that? <laughs> I've been from chicken plants to other manufacturers today, so I've seen it all. Well, to tell you all something, you know, we at Next Move Group, and we're working with, with communities across the country, and we talk about developing great training programs. Alabama is one that we cite as having great training for companies and manufacturers. So, And obviously... Yeah their staff is extremely committed to that, just like Christy is proven right now. <laughs> we work very hard, but we have an amazing staff. Well, let's let's introduce AIDT to the listeners because, you know, folks listen to this podcast all over the country and not everybody knows what AIDT is in Alabama. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. AIDT has been around for over 50 years. Uh, It started out in 1971 as Alabama Industrial Development Training, and it was with the college system at that time, and it was a way for companies to get customized training for their workforce, and over the years, it had a radio station, then it had a TV broadcast, and it's just evolved with the industry. And it's, a, it's grown with Alabama and Alabama's needs. And in 1996, when Mercedes came to Alabama, it really took on an even bigger role. And you started to see a lot of things change with AIDT and our needs in Alabama. And with that, 
we started to look at other ways and truly listening to what industry was wanting. And they were wanting more hands-on training, but they all needed something special. And that's what, to me, is the meat of AIDT is we customize everything. We don't keep anything on a bookshelf and say you have to pick from these. We truly make everything individualized. And then it became that we pretty much became one of the biggest incentives that the state of Alabama had. And so we went from being with the community colleges, which are a great asset here in our state, to truly being with the Department of Commerce in the recruitment process. So we are the workforce division under the Department of Commerce now with the state. And that's and so when it, me. I think that sets you all apart big time. And if I'm not mistaken, the Deputy Secretary of Commerce is also the Executive Director of AIDT. Is that right? He is Ed Castile. Yes, sir. And uh, so when you talk about customized, fully customized training, it's not coming off the shelf. That was in response to what companies were asking for. Is that right? Yes, sir. So companies actually, whenever a company is coming in and the prospects are being talked to and we're still under code names at this time, we are part of those conversations and we are part of finding out what do you need to be successful with your workforce in Alabama to not hopefully have problems with attrition. And so we start from that point telling them, here's what we can do to help you. And then asking, what else do you need? And then we have specialized training centers located throughout our state. Currently, we have 12 of them. If you are in South Alabama, we are known for Airbus, where we build airplanes, and where we hostel, where we build ships at the port. If you're in any other part of our state, we're known almost as the second largest automaker in the United States. And we have our tier suppliers laid throughout our state. So we have a large amount of automation. And so with that automation, we have the robotic technology park in North Alabama. And it was a vision of one of our previous governors, Governor Riley. And it opened in 2011. And it has so proven to be one of the major workforce recruitment tools for any of our companies looking to come in in the automation manufacturing IT and data center areas um, because we truly have partnerships there and everything we do for our companies is at no cost to the company and we work off of a no clawback so we do not give pots of money up front we work on an as-used basis Hmm. And we have, uh, we go through an ISO 9000, which we're very proud of. We go through a full audit every year with our training and with our recruitment process. So you all and, incorporated ISO in, as part of AIDT to meet the needs of the specific type of, especially, you know, when it comes to aerospace and suppliers and automotive and suppliers, that's, that's industry driven. Yes, sir. Completely, because we we needed to be 
constantly looking at what's next. And when you work for an individual like Ed Castile, he's wanting to already know what's next and then what's after that. Well, what are you seeing next? You're talking about what's next. I mean, you talked about automation. (laughs) Uh, And and the reason I ask, Christy, is is twofold. One, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about workforce lately on the podcast. There's a lot of, um, you know, need for skilled workers out there. All of our site selection clients right now, that's the number one uh, want and must and need when we're sitting down with them to discuss their site location is availability of skilled workforce. And... I'm I'm actually teaching um, at the basic course in two weeks, and one of the uh, courses pieces of the basic course for economic development I'm I'm teaching on is workforce, and I have AIDT in my presentation to the class about best in class training uh, at this basic course and and what they need to look to as examples of how to do it right. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about what you're seeing uh, the shift from having a larger number of employees to smaller number of employees with robotics and automation and how is that increasing wages are you seeing that uh, where you're at um so that is one thing that we do is to gain our services in the state of alabama there's certain criteria you must meet you must have at least 50 employees that are full-time we also will not help any company hire anybody that is not full-time making at least $15 an hour with benefits. Mm. And so the turnaround is we don't want them thinking they can come to Alabama and pay low wages. We're not a low wage state, but what we do in return for them is we handle their marketing. We have our own state marketing department. We handle technical writing we'll send our technical group to any country where it's working for them and we'll bring back and write manuals for them and we'll do pre-employment screening for them at no cost. We drug test at no cost prior to interview. We screen the applicants prior to interview. So when the company actually sees them they know they've already got the skill set they've shown up because we don't make them quit their other job. We do it in a time opposite of when they're currently working because we don't guarantee them even an interview Mm. and we don't pay them to do it. So they're truly doing this on their own time. But no matter if you're in Alabama, you're in Kentucky, you're in California, wherever you may be, we're all facing low unemployment numbers, mm-hmm. but we all have the same set of employees that have went into this workforce and they're stuck. They have the skill set, but so many of them went in at the same time that they can't move up where they are. So they're looking for employers to come in so they can take their skill set and move up with a new company. That's interesting. That's one of the first times I've heard that piece, but it makes total sense that they would want more opportunity to advance their careers. And if they have to do that with another company, they're willing to jump ship to do so. And sometimes they'll do that for very little money. And I'm not one to say, well, millennials do this or Gen X do this because I'm 46 years old. 
there's a large population in my age group that we work just like everybody else, but we went in behind those baby boomers and we all went in together and people get stuck and there's 30 of you all at the same level trying to move up to one. So they have to take their knowledge and they have to take their expertise and move out to move up. Okay, we're going to hold right there for just a second while we take a break and hear from one of our sponsors on the next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my buildings and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my bills and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most, it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo and see if this can help your community have more success. Yeah, and, you know, that makes total sense. And I really, you know, I believe everybody that wants to work will work. And you just have to find what they want to do. And we take the approach that every company's different and every company has its own culture. And we portray every company's culture however they would want it portrayed so the way we market company a is completely different from the way we market company b because we want individuals to be attracted to the company culture not just the pay yeah no that's great so you're customizing the training and you're customizing the messaging to help draw people in that's awesome and then after we do all of this everything that we've created we give to the company to handle after they've hired the one, you know, they've met their main pod of we needed 4,000 employees. They're still going to have backfill attrition and they're still going to have the ones and twos. So why should we keep what we developed for them? We give it to them. That's why we have nothing on the shelf. And because we're under an NDA, we could never share that anyway. Yeah. Do you all do any training with their HR department when you do the handoff? So the whole time we have a project manager that we assign because we also do not work with a whole bunch of paperwork. We try to make it the least amount of paperwork on the company so that the company wants to use us. Because to me, the worst thing that can happen is a state agency to go in and say, Here's 500 pieces of paper. When you get it done, call me. (laughs) When you go in and you say, here's what I'm going to do. 
I just need to know that you're ready to go. I'm going to get all this done for you. I just need to know your fluid hiring plan because hiring plans change and you have to be able to change with those hiring plans. Yeah. And I'm going to make this as easy for you as possible. I just need to know who can say yes and no, who can approve what, and who can tell me who's making what. And so you constantly start working with your plant managers and with your HR staff and your CEOs and CFOs. And you form a relationship that when managers, HR directors, no matter what state you're in, they start changing after time because they start needing to move. And so it makes it easier for us when they've worked with us and they go to a new company, they're like, have you not used AIDT? <laughs> well, you've got to get them like now. I can't do my job without them. <laughs> no, that's great branding. So, <laughs> so uh, we use a lot of word of mouth as well, but we work so close with our economic developers that I believe that's very important. Um, I don't ever connect with a company that I don't include the economic developer. That's great. Even if it's just putting them in the email so they know what's going on. Because when you're working workforce, you have to include everybody so everybody knows how those ships are moving together. That's good culture on your all's part too, because I know uh, from past frustrations of my own and hearing from other economic developers, you know, that that's a point of frustration for, for people in you know, other States, other, other places that, that, uh, aren't getting the information they would like because they're trying to run business retention expansion programs and they, they want to make sure they're up to date if there's something else they can tack on to assist the company. So that's great. And that's one thing I also think that makes AIDT so special is we're not just for that brand new company coming into the state. So every time a company is adding 10 new positions and they don't have to be in the same job classification, we come in with all the same benefits, just like you're a brand new company. That's great. Taking care of the existing companies uh, is another wonderful thing that, uh, you know, they're not having to jump through a bunch of hoops uh, to get the assistance. It sounds like, sounds like it's pretty easy yeah. assistance and they're not having to fill out a bunch of paperwork. I assume uh, paperwork mm -hmm. is more about oh, doing the program, not getting, having the ability to, to work with a AIDT. And I think that's one thing. If I could tell anybody that's working with workforce is know your partners and respect your partners and know you can't do it by yourself. And it's truly a team effort. And as long as you keep your team together, you all succeed at the end. And it's, it's one of those things that there's nothing better than knowing that you've, you've found a place for somebody to get a job to make a difference in their family's life. Yeah. And that's what workforce is. Yep. And then with AIDT, we come in on the backside after the company's picked who they want. And we do a direct cash reimbursement for up to 160 hours. And we'll pay the person. We can't pay the salary of the new hire, but we pay for the salary of the person that they're losing production out of that's having to train that new hire. 
That's interesting. I'm not sure I've heard that one before. That's, a, that's an interesting benefit. That is very unique to us. And then the other thing is maybe they're brand new and they don't have somebody that can train them that's here in this state. So maybe they need to fly them to another state or to another country to train. And we'll cover that expense. Mm, no, that's phenomenal. You know, you said something earlier that that made me curious. Um, you were talking about employees. Uh, you maybe have 30 in a plant or jockeying for one um, position that gives them uh, a boost in, in the facility. And, you know, that's a trend I've not heard. But it, like I said earlier, it makes perfect sense to me. I'm curious what other trends you have seen with AIDT and working with all these companies um, trying to get people back into the workplace. Because, you know, you talked about how we all have low unemployment, but it also seems like labor participation rate is lagging a little bit. So while unemployment might be low, there may be available workers out there. Are you hearing different trends about why people might be hesitant to get back in the workforce? So a lot of people, um, when we were all hit with COVID, a lot of individuals with kids, school-age children, got hit with the detrimental, what are we going to do about daycare? Not only what are we going to do when, our, when school's closed, but what are we going to do about daycare and after-school care and before-school care? And we also had a large rate, if you look in most of your states, there's a large data of divorce rates that went up with COVID. So you now have even more single parents or parents that are sharing custody. And people are choosing now their family versus their work. Families becoming more of a first for everybody. So we have actually seen people that are willing to go to work and work stranger I call it stranger, so it may not be stranger, but different hours or shifts than what we're normally used to. So under NDA, I can't tell you names, but we have companies that are now offering, if you'll work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, and you're off the other days, you don't work 40 hours, but they'll pay you for 40 hours. Wow. And that way you've got Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday that you can take your kids to school. You can do your doctor's appointments. You can do all those things. So what they did is they saw almost a 25% increase in the females that chose to go into manufacturing roles. Hmm. Because it now opened up what they could do. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I'm hearing stories similar to this, not quite that specific of an example across the country of employers trying to find new ways to tap into workers who would like to work if the work suited their schedule to allow them to do what they needed to do. Well, and if you think about, unfortunately, with the rate of divorce or shared custody, so many have them during the week and not on weekends. So it works because they can spend that time with their kids and still work and get their benefits that they need. And then we have a couple of plants. Uh, we cannot incentivize them because they're not full time, 
but that are actually running a shift that is 8.30 to 2 because they can drop their uh, married couple or, you know, two, two individuals with a child or children. One can work full-time, have the benefits, have the insurance. The other one can take them to school, work while the children are in school, get off in time to pick the children up. They don't need the benefits. Hmm. So, and so we've got some companies that are offering the difference of benefits in compensation. Now, is AIDT helping to implement some of these strategies for these companies, or are these just things that you're seeing out there? Those are things that we are seeing, but we have a group uh, – and I'm going to apologize. I'm not sure if there's one in Kentucky, but I do know there's one in Tennessee and um, some of our other southeastern states. But for us, it's called AMA, Alabama Automotive Manufacturing Association. I know there's Gamma, Scamma, Mama, <laughs> <laughs> all those crazy names, but it's the state initial and then Automotive Manufacturing Association. And they actually started during COVID having OEM roundtable discussions. And you have some of your higher powers of your larger manufacturers coming together with your workforce directors and the people from labor and everybody sitting going, what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And it's truly taking, not every idea has been great and not every idea works, but we've got to get out of the regiment of only doing, you know, six to two, two to 10, 10 to six. We've got to get out of that. We've got to start thinking about other ways because individuals are now thinking of other ways. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things going on. And then with us being with, we have the robotic park. And so we have all the partners of every automation you can imagine there. And everything you take is four days or less. And you receive the same certification as if you went to Auburn Hills, Michigan, or you went overseas. And it's a partnership we have formed with all of these. And so our park, the robotic park has started to be known for this. And only people that are employed in Alabama can take training there and the companies have to sign them up. And so we're starting to see that you may be able to put a robot into a repetition position and take that person out of that repetition, just assembly work and retrain them for something that their body will last for longer and yeah. make even with industry 4.0 and lights out factories they can do from remote locations oh wow i didn't even think about that but you're right and to me it's exciting to hear how closely um the heads of the of industry are working with workforce um professionals to figure out how to solve these issues in their industries and in the states that they're in because as you well know i mean the the large announcements are just it seems like there's a new one every week 
either in, <laughs> in battery manufacturing or semiconductor or chips or you know EV. It's just it's yeah. it's constant. Oh, another two billion. Oh, another two billion. And and you know you know we're sitting here thinking about all right, two to three years from now, there's going to be this all of a sudden this massive hit to the workforce market of of a need in all these facilities. And, you know, what's that going to do to existing industry in those areas? What's that going to do? Uh, not just immediate vicinity, but even because of how large these facilities are uh, up to an 80 mile radius. And we'll be right back. In today's executive search spotlight, we are going to look at Winston County, Alabama. Yes, the Winston Industrial Development Authority, the Winston Advantage, is looking for a new economic development director. For those of you all not familiar with Winston County, Alabama, this is a beautiful area to live. Amazing opportunities for somebody that loves quality of life, loves the outdoors, hiking, trails, parks. They have a huge, massive lake for boating, fishing, etc. So this is a great opportunity if you love the outdoors. As far as winds, they have a lot of existing industry, mobile home manufacturings, etc. So there is some good opportunities here. If you would like to learn more, go to our website, check out thenextmovegroup.com backslash Winston. We're accepting applications to August 26. So you've got a couple weeks left. Check it out. Hopefully you apply. One thing I think every state needs to do, um, and I'm very proud of our state here in Alabama, is we have notices and when plants are getting ready to shut down because we've had our share of those as well mm -hmm. we gear up to go in and start retraining those individuals for the jobs that are there and we have recruitment teams that go in and just intentionally work with those individuals that are willing to go into these other jobs that we have to reskill or upskill real quick to get them qualified so that maybe they don't miss paychecks. Yeah, no, that's great. I was talking to an economic developer just today about a similar issue. It's a different state, not Alabama. Um, I don't even want to say what state he's in. He may not want to talk <laughs> about fine. who it is, but he, he told me he's got a facility shutting down in 2025 um, with 200 jobs, um, 250,000 square foot facility, and so, you know, my question was, what are they doing now to prepare for that? And then, you know, they don't have an AIDT that's really on the community and the economic developer to really take the lead on that type of issue and then bring workforce, what, what workforce systems they have along. And, um, you know, I, I think it's proactive rather than reactive. Being proactive is going to assist the people and the communities and the state more uh, than waiting for you know the hammer to fall and, and doing something afterwards. That's I think we constantly I know with us we're right now looking at EV as everybody else is, um, but I can I mean we were just talking. It used to be when you heard of a one million dollar announcement or a two million dollar announcement, you were blown away. Um, if it was 200 jobs, it was, oh my goodness. And now we're getting 4,000 and 8,000 job announcements. And those are scary. And it's going to keep growing. 
and it's just the world we live in and technology's not gonna stop and we just have to that's where our STEM and our STEAM programs no matter how rural your economy is no matter how rural your area is if you have fiber optic if you have internet if you have broadband whatever we've got to get our children and our schools involved in some kind of technology so that they can always be adaptable because if you put something in a child's hands they're not scared of it you put something in a 40 year old's hands they're scared they're going to break it and how much did it cost i totally agree with you you we have to prepare the the kids right now the teenagers right now are in high school uh, those going into college and and picking what career field they're going to go into or technical school and picking what type of uh, interest they have uh, there's a mismatch of education and needs in the workforce and, and and that's something that we've been talking about it seems like for over a decade and that's it's got it's got to be fixed it's got to be fixed quick and it really does I talked about the basic ED course. I have a slide in there specifically about you know major workforce issues. And one of those that I'm going to discuss with the class is a mismatch of education and, and needs uh, of industry. Um, and if you look, you know, I, I pulled some statistics out about, you know, electrical engineers versus park and rec de degrees. And it's kind of amazing <laughs> how many parks and rec degrees are, are happening on an annual basis versus the number of jobs that are open. But if you look at something like electrical engineering, you know, there's 30,000 degrees uh, in the U.S. annually, or at least last year, but there's 52,000 jobs open right now in the U.S. Yeah. for electrical engineers. So, and the pay scale and, is very different between those yeah, two. <laughs> very much so. And, but that's where, too, it's not just our youth that we have to educate. It's our own peers with their children. Because so many of those decisions of what a child's future is, is made at home with their parents. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, that as well as, you know, educating, uh, you know, I think this is on economic developers and chambers of commerce and, and you know, workforce, you know, agents, workforce investment boards on the local level or, or sort of regional level to work with um, high schools and guidance counselors uh, to understand you know, the career options that are truly out there, you know, and it might not even be a career option that's right there in the immediate town, like you said earlier, with uh, connectivity today and being able to work uh, where from wherever uh, there's potential for them to do a, a really cool technical job or engineering type job and not even be within 100 miles of the plant. Well, and I think you just said a key or two, uh, depending on where you live, and as far as which state, a 70 mile commute for one person may be 40 minutes, where a 70 mile commute for another person may be three hours. So you have to look at that. And some people will make that 40 minute commute 70 miles if it means they get to go back to home. And we've got to figure out, you know, what those are as well and always market to everybody. Yeah, I agree. There is a big difference. You know, when we do, you know, we, we, we have a program, we do labor advantage analysis uh, with communities all over the country. And 
we don't do the traditional look at labor sheds from the standpoint of just drawing a circle 35 <laughs> miles or 45 miles. That's not true to, to life. You, you know, we go from a realistic point of view and understand where people are actually coming into the community from today. And we interview uh, the companies that are in the town talk to their HR folks, find out where employees are commuting in from for specific types of wages. And that tells us three different distinct rings. You have a low wage ring, you have a low wage labor shed, you have an average wage labor shed, and you have a high wage labor shed. And guess what? The low wage one is always the smallest one because you're just pulling people who probably have to, I would say some of them even walk to work uh, because they're walking to retail or something like that. Uh, or restaurant, some, something in that realm where it's lower wage. Um, but, you know, if you're paying higher wages, those rings can grow drastically. And it's always amazes me how far even a rural community can pull workers from based on the wages that are being paid by the companies. That's what people will drive for money if they know they can feed their family and go back home. Yep, that's right. Oh, I know people, uh, you know, when I was in Eastern Kentucky doing economic development, uh, there were people who would drive two hours uh, one way uh, to make good money uh, just so they could feed their family. And even some would drive a little farther and, and you might have, you know, five, six people uh, who would get an apartment together. And during the week, they would live that two and a half hour commute away um, <laughs> in the apartment okay. together, split the cost, and then they'd all drive home on the weekends. So never under underestimate a workforce because you never know what the workforce will do. <laughs> That's a good piece of advice right there. Well, look, um, I appreciate you so much for joining me uh, on the podcast. I always like to give my guests the last word. Is there anything else you think our, our uh, listeners need to hear? Um, if you're looking at workforce, always look with an open mind as well as an open ear. Because I think you have to see everything, but you have to hear everything that's coming at you. So that's the way that I approach everything. I think that's great, great advice for the folks out there. And look, you know, if you all ever want to learn more about AIDT, uh, I'm happy to share Christy's information. I'm not going to share it right now, you weirdos. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to email me first, and I'll, I'll make sure she's okay with you talking to her. Okay. Chuck? at nextmovesgroup.com and we'll connect you guys. So look again, and thanks Christy. If you have any advice for me for teaching the workforce section at, at basic course, you know, <laughs> I happily take it. <laughs> well, you need to do a field trip and we would, we always welcome anybody to come to RTP, see what we do. We do not hold it as a secret and anybody that wants to talk to us, any of us with AIDT, we always are willing to help anybody. Um, because to us, we need to help every state, not just our own. That's awesome. Well, look, I appreciate the invitation. I am going to get down there before too long. We've had some site location clients who have actually uh, considered northern Alabama uh, for a couple. And so um, that's something we you never know. I might end up running into you on a site visit before too long. So that sounds great. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Christy. <laughs>